0: God loves you today. What happens during Christmas time is we get into the the hustle and bustle of, you know, Christmas season and consumerism, materialism, hedonism, fatalism, nihilism, and whatever other ism you want to talk about, and it kind of clouds the true meaning of why we celebrate um, Christmas. Our our aim this these past couple of weeks has been. To keep Christ in Christmas. And really ponder the thought that the God of the universe, the God that created the stars and the heavens and the earth, would come down and be vulnerable as a young baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. I don't know. Kind of blows my mind when you really think about it, doesn't it? Why would he do that? Because for all eternity past, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have been involved in this love fest. The Bible says that God is love, right? And see, before time began, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they were doing a dance. You two guys stand up. You want me to bring it? Come here, guys. Okay. This is the Father. I'm the Son. No, Rick is the Son, okay? And I'm the Holy Spirit, okay? All right. What was happening in time past? See, God the Father, show me muscles. See? Okay, God the Father, muscles. In time past, we look really tired now, but what was happening was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they were having a love fest. We're going to find out what that, what that really means. But what they were doing, we're going to call it the dance of love. Are you ready to dance? Come on. Uh, okay uh, yeah all right the dance of love thank you God the Father thank you God the Son All right. oh man I don't know how much uh, they enjoyed that but I really enjoyed that thank you guys Thank you. Um, Christianity alone, among all the other faiths, teaches that God is triune. The doctrine of the Trinity is that God is one being who exists in three persons. I know it blows your mind, but uh, we'll understand it better by and by. But that's what the scriptures tell us. Three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Trinity means that God is in essence relational. And this is the aspect that that we want to uh, we want to come across to you today, is that God is a relational being. Even before time began, God was invested in showering love on each of the persons of the Trinity. Isn't that kind of weird? God is love. See, the gospel writer describes the Son um, living from all eternity in John 1.18, near to the Father's heart. One version says, in the bosom of the Father. That speaks of, in ancient times, intimacy and relationship and love in the bosom of the Father. And then, later in John, John's gospel, Jesus the Son describes the Spirit as living to glorify Him, to manifest Him, and to glorify Him. And then, in turn, the Son glorifies the Father in John chapter 17, and the Father glorifies the Son. So we have this dance of love. The Father glorifying Jesus. The Holy Spirit glorifying Jesus. Jesus glorifying the Father. And this deferment or this, uh, this lifting up of the other person of the Trinity is, is, is awesome. It, it's, it's a wild, crazy thing. And you see, what they were doing from all eternity is that they were, they were loving. Okay? They were loving. And, and the thing is, is that the term glorify means to praise, to delight in, to enjoy. When something is useful... You are attracted to it for what it can bring to you or what it can do for you, aren't you? Right? Lots of our love is geared towards that. We love people because they're useful to us. We love people because we get things from them. Right? Um, We love them because it's convenient. We don't have to work too hard because we're receiving something from them. But here's the thing. But if it is beautiful, then you enjoy it for what it is. And being in its presence is reward enough. Isn't that awesome? What God wants us to get to a place, people, is not love him because he's useful, but love him because he's beautiful. Now, when I saw my wife, I didn't think she will be useful to me. I must apprehend her with my love. I will build the web of love. I will attack her with love. No. At the time, she had long, beautiful hair. And I remember the first time that we went out, she was at the Starbucks counter. And I literally, with my sister, I literally went like this, behind her. And there she is. She's walking in. Walk back out, hun. No, come on in. But look. My eyes adore you. Though I've laid my hand on you, my eyes adore you. Look, God wants us to get to a place where we serve him, where we love him, because he's beautiful to us. We worship in the beauty and splendor of who he is, his holiness his righteousness his goodness everything that he is flows from love you see this is this is the this is the wild thing the wild thing is that god is love every decision he makes is based on his character and his nature love every commitment he makes Is based on love. Every decision he makes is based on love. Every every dealing in your life, even though you think you're going through hell right now, is based on love. And that's why we say he's a good, good father. Because we trust his character and his nature. His nature is love. And you see, love is a spontaneous thing, isn't it? It just kind of overflows. It gives. It doesn't decide to love. It doesn't decide to give. It's a spontaneous thing. Love just comes out of the flow of our heart. The Bible speaks of us being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted means that there's got to be a seed, right? And it comes up naturally. and It just springs forth, right? And then grounded means that there's a foundation. The love of Christ must spring up out of us. But everything that we build with our life has to be built on God's love and not our love. My love for that woman falls short. She can tell you. My love for my kids falls short. My love for you falls short. But when God's love springs up in my heart, his love through me compels me and it compels you constrains you to love we see christ the child this beautiful picture of a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes isn't it cute then you go, you drive by the houses and you see the nativity scenes and you see all the beautiful decorations and the wise men and the shepherds and everything and you get so sentimental feelings Oh, Christmas is great. And in the same sense that you're, you're looking at the nativity, you start singing Frosty the Snowman, you know, and jingle bells and, oh, it's the spirit of Christmas, isn't it? But that little baby grew up misrepresented, misunderstood. He was called a man of sorrows. No one understood who he was, even his hometown. He went to do miracles. Nobody believed in him. Nobody trusted in him. And his heart was broke. Jerusalem turned on him. And that little baby grew up to die a torturous, horrific, tragic death. Because he is loved. 400 years, God did not speak. And then the star was in the sky. The angels started singing. The shepherds started praising. And the wise men started walking. Because they knew the newborn king is here. Amen? If we go to Mark chapter 14, we'll read this beautiful, beautiful story. Wild and crazy story, too. There's many wild and crazy stories in Scripture, isn't there? Mark chapter 14, and we'll read from the first verse, okay? See, if if you serve God... Because he's useful, then your love towards people will be how they can be used for you. Right? And we never, 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 ever love the unlovable. The unlovable in Scripture and that walk Jesus is those that are incapable of inspiring love or affection the destitute, the broken. The lepers, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, all the people that the religious crowd kind of turned their, turn their back on. Jesus came to love them, to love the unlovable. How can we ever love the unlovable with a love of, for God that we love God because we want to use him, because we need him? See, God doesn't love us out of our need, out of his need. He doesn't have to pamper his self-worth. He doesn't have to pamper his self-esteem. He loves because it's the essence of who he is. That's the dance that he invites us into. A love that is free to love the unlovable. Free to love your spouse, your husband, or your wife in the difficult, difficult times of self-giving and self-sacrifice. To love your kids when they rebel against you, when they turn, when they turn on you. And you want to get your gun out and take care of it really quick. You want to get really old testament on them, right? Take them to the take them to the town gate and stone them. Take care of this mess. Jesus calls us to a love that values who he is, that adores him. That loves him. He becomes our greatest love. Our greatest conquest. And our greatest adventure. Let's read this awesome passage of scripture that'll blow your mind in Mark chapter 14, okay? It was now two days before Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed or the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. Now, when you think of nard, you think of not good stuff. This was an an aerobic, Aramaic, Saramaic, Wonderful perfume. It was awesome. Okay? And listen to this now. A woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste? Why waste "'Such expensive perfume. "'They asked it could have been sold for a year's wages "'and the money given to the poor. "'So they scolded her harshly. "'But Jesus replied, leave her alone. "'Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me, "'for doing a good work to me? "'You will always have the poor among you, "'and you can help them whenever you want to, "'but you will not always have me. "'She has done what she could "'and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time.' I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. It'll be a memorial. Why? Because Jesus recognized that she was involved in the dance. The dance of giving your most valuable thing over to the Lord. And he becomes your most prized possession. A year's wage poured over the head of Jesus. Have you ever produced in the heart of Jesus what Mary of Bethany produced? a realization that this lady is involved in the dance of love, right? When we talk about love, we talk about I love my wife, I love my dog, I love pizza, I love Tim Hortons, right? Love is a strange, strange thing, right? And sometimes we love God with these definitions that fall way, way short of what true love is all about. When we come into the into the relationship of loving Jesus Christ, we understand that he becomes our all in all and every everything is wrapped around him and we are to glorify or delight or enjoy other people. Now, what does the church do? The church, to show love for Christ, comes in with our alabaster jar, our life, and We pour it over the body of Christ. Who is the body of Christ? This is the body of Christ. Right? You are the body of Christ. I love Jesus so much that I want to honor him. I want to show my deep love for him. I take my alabaster jar of nard, which is my very life, and I break it and I pour it out for you, this shows my love for Jesus Christ. Not awesome? See, the body of Christ is a unique thing, because we're we're involved in this dance of love with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we're asked to glorify, and joy, and delight in each other. For the glory of God, and for the love of Jesus Christ. How we treat each other shows our love for Jesus Christ. How we love each other is how we show what value we put in our love for Jesus Christ. She broke it open. Her most prized possession, she poured it out. What happens is when we venture out in love, we get hurt. Here's the thing. Do you think God's love calculated the cost. He knew the cost. But it didn't come into the equation. Did it? Right? When we love on each other. When we serve each other. The spontaneous flow of love. It just gives. And it just goes. We hear a need and we just serve. We, we, we see a friend in need. And we just love. Because that's. What Jesus Christ is. And he dwells within us. Amen. And we we serve him because he's beautiful. We serve him because we've sensed the dance of love that he's invited us into. And we're so encouraged because of his great love. The Bible says in John chapter 13. As I have loved you. Now go and love one another. Jesus washed the disciples feet. Some churches do that. We will never, ever do that, okay? Maybe I shouldn't say never. But it is a disgusting thing, isn't it? I mean, I'll tell you what. On my right toe, my wife has mentioned it, there is this thing. The toe is just disgusting. It, it's like almost black and brown, and, and uh, it's just nasty, right? It's just nasty. See, Jesus showed that he was a suffering servant because normally when people walk into a house, there's a servant there. And because you wore sandals, because you walked in the dust, you walked in the the, the feces and everything else, the garbage that was in the streets, a servant would come and wash your feet before you entered the the main hall for dinner. There was no servant that night except Jesus. Jesus took a towel and decided to wash the disciples' feet. This baby God that was in a manger, grew up to serve and to love and to give all that he had for us. And he showed his love as he washed the disciples' feet. And he said, as I have loved you now, go and love one another. Amen? Let's go to another verse, shall we? Let's go to Romans chapter 5, and we will go to verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of your faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens the confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ... He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Flip over to 1 John chapter 4. Let's read from verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us And sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. God is seen and his love is brought to full expression in us. These verses are wild and crazy, aren't they? This wonderful thought of God's wonderful love. We need to uh, be in the presence of God to love God, right? That's why we worship him here on a Sunday morning. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his midst. He, He inhabits the praises of his people. He's enthroned on the praises of his people. And the Holy Spirit pours out the love of Christ in our hearts. Sheds it abroad. Immensely and extravagantly the love of Jesus Christ. And friends... Every, everything that you need is wrapped up in the love of God. Everything you need. Sin kind of broke that dance, right? We left the dance and we started dancing with other stuff. We tried to look for relationships down here on earth. We tried to look for things that we put into our body to kind of calm the the ache and the in the fear and the anxiety of not l- being loved and and not being accepted and not having the ability to to really really love and god is saying i'm back and i've won the day feel my love see love has a name right love has a voice and it's jesus it's jesus And He's calling you today to glorify Him. Bask in His presence. Wonderful story of Martha and Mary. Remember that story? When um, Jesus came to Martha and Mary's house and and Lazarus and Martha was putting together a... um, Simon is praising the Lord. Amen? He's praising the Lord. That's awesome. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. I know, I know. Oh. I, I, some Sundays I feel the same thing, buddy. I, I know it. I know it. Yeah. So Martha and Mary, they had, a, they had dinner for Jesus. Who was in the kitchen? Who was in the kitchen getting stuff ready? Right? Right? Eh? Martha was in the kitchen getting stuff ready. And she was so useful to the Lord, wasn't she? And Martha was not in the kitchen. uh, Mary was not in the kitchen helping Martha, but Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, basking in his love. And uh, Martha got all upset and said, hey, Jesus, what is this? You got Mary out here. Don't you see I'm working for you? I'm serving you. I'm ministering for you over here. And this, this person, my sister here, is uh, slack. And she's just sitting here. Can you tell her to help me out in my ministry of serving you in the kitchen? And Jesus said, whoa, take it easy. Yeah. Right? One thing is needful. You're missing the one thing that really matters the most. And that's spending time with me. Getting to know me. Right? So friends, listen. Listen. If you're serving God because he's useful to you, you will look at Christian ministry in a way that you want to be used instead of you want to serve out of love. And what happens is we, we, we base our identity and who we are on our work we do in the kitchen Instead of our love relationship with Jesus at his feet. And he's calling us, shut the kitchen down and get to the feet of Jesus. Bask in his love. Feel his love. Let it change your heart. Let it get into your heart so you could love your husband, you could love your wife, you could love your kids. And when somebody cuts you off in the road, you don't give them the middle finger and curse at them. You say, God bless that lovely creation of God. Man. Right? When someone takes you off, you react immediately and spontaneously out of God's love because He's flowing through you and, you, and you've sat at the feet of Jesus. And the, 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 the situation is, is that God's Spirit now dwells in us. God is love. And now we just flow in love. See, no one can hurt you. No one can call your names. No one can belittle you. No one can embarrass you. Because God's love overshadows that situation with such unbelievable love that it just encompasses it, right? And God's love compels us and constrains us. Find your identity in not being used of God. Find your identity in being a beloved child of God. Feel His love. Feel His love. Feel His love this morning and go out and love a lost and dying world. Dance with the one who brung you, okay? Enter the dance of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Feel His love. Feel them love on you today and then take that dance to a broken and lost world, and call people to come to the dance of love. God loves you. Your life will ever, ever, ever be changed by the fantastic love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's all I got. Thank you. Emily. Emily. I'm going to call on Emily to spontaneously act out of the love of Jesus Christ <laughs> so that we can sing this song. Which one are you thinking? Which one am I thinking? Yeah, guess which one I'm thinking. Yes. To the altar. Well, we could do that or um, do you know love has a name? We got time, guys. It's 11.15. Come on, guys. Stand up. Let's dance. Come on. Let's what? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Hey, watch this. Ready? Beautiful. Come on, big guy. Oh, yeah. Let's go like that. Dude. Oh, the dance of love, guys. Hey, you feel his love today? Thank you, my brother. (laughs) Only blood-bought, loved-of-God guys would do that. Let me tell you. Feel his love. Amen? Listen. Give God your past. The accuser wants to bring it up and curse you and set your destiny. Your destiny was settled 2,000 years ago. You are an overcomer. And you are victorious through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. You could be suffering. You could be in sorrow. You can be in pain and adversity. But the Bible says that we are more than super victors because, and here it is, of his great love. You are in the bosom of the Father. Dance. Dance. Dance in his love. Amen. Bring it to a lost and dying world, will you? Love on people through the spontaneous love of Jesus Christ. Let me, before Emily sings. <laughs> First Corinthians 13. We all know this one, don't we? We know it so well that we don't believe it anymore. At least I don't sometimes I need to hear it again. Listen, first Corinthians chapter 13, verse four, love is patient and kind. If you haven't been patient and kind, you haven't been loving. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. If you've been these things, get to the feet of Jesus. It does not demand its own way. See, what happens is we were all dancing around each other. What happens is when we stop and become stationary and believe that the world orbits around us, we grow cold and dark and we become frozen, just like the earth would be if it stopped orbiting around the sun. Amen? Right? When you become stationary, you die. Get up start dancing. Dance around somebody. Dance with Jesus. Dance in the Holy Spirit. Dance your life away. Amen? Amen. And dance with the one who brung you, and that's Jesus Christ. I'm going to keep going before Emily sings her song that we will worship the Lord together. It is not irritable. How many times have people irritated you, right? It just comes up like, I'll kill that person. No, I won't. I'm a Christian. Okay. (laughs) How about this? It keeps, oh, it keeps no record of wrong. Woo. Oh. How would our love be, husbands and wives, if right now we lost memory of every offense that our spouse did to us at this point in time? Boom, it's gone. Because what happens is we get offended and little things build up. And then you you leave the the cap off the toothpaste or something, and all hell breaks loose, right? (laughs) And you know it's not the toothpaste. You're not in the the bathroom yelling and screaming over toothpaste. Let's get to the root issue. Let's let the record go, right? Because Jesus paid it all. Wiped our slate clean and given us a new life. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love, here it is, guys, never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. See, you can't kill love. They tried, but he rose from the dead. Amen? You can't kill love. Feel the love of Jesus Christ. We got some time. Worship him. Give him your heart. Dance with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit this morning as we worship him. Amen? Amen. Let's worship him.